All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Boca Podcast. I am your host, Nathan Holritz. It is good to have you here today. For those of you that are live streaming on Facebook, facebook.com slash Boca Podcast or youtube.com slash Photogs Edit, thank you for joining us and take advantage. We want this to be a two-way conversation, so comment, ask questions, send funny emojis, send dad jokes, whatever you want to do, but have some fun with us. Make this a two-way street, a conversation. And then for those of you who are listening to the audio version after the fact, make sure that you're following us at Instagram or on Instagram, Boca Podcast, B-O-K-E-H Podcast, so that you can keep up to date with the latest live stream that we'll be pushing out. We'll be doing these at least once or twice a week on average. And on that note, I am privileged to be joined today by Carolina Guzik. Carolina, thank you so much for well, really returning the favor because I got to be—I got to be on your podcast as well. I know. Well, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. And we're going to actually touch on a topic today, which honestly we haven't spent a lot of time on, Carolina. And and so I, I really appreciate that we're going to get into this. We're going to be talking about Pinterest and more specifically the the mistakes that we might be making on Pinterest as photography business owners. Um, now, I I shot weddings for about 10 years, Carolina. Back mm-hmm. in those days, Pinterest wasn't really a thing. It's been a little Do while. Do tell me, how, how long ago was this? <laughs> Dare I? Uh, let's see. I started in 2001 mm-hmm. and shot until about 2012. Uh, so okay. that was the, the time frame. And in fact, you know, I mean, even then, Instagram wasn't as popular for photographers either. It wasn't being utilized as a marketing platform the way it is now. But I mean, to that end, Instagram has been super popular. I feel like Pinterest hasn't quite gotten the exposure or has not been as popular as Instagram. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that uh, when we get to the topic here in just a little bit. I normally start off our conversations here at the podcast, though, with a few, shall we call them rapid fire questions? Sure. And so I want to jump straight into those. Let's start first with brand position. This is something we talk about quite a bit here on the podcast. Mm, Okay. I'm curious what your photography... Actually, let's take both because we're going to talk about your podcast and your photography business. Start with your photography business. What is your brand position or the unique value proposition that you offer to your market? I think that this is it's a very broad question and it's, okay. it's it's not that easy to answer because I feel like we are in a stage where like a lot of us are creating really beautiful work that is really similar. So okay. let's say a lot of people think like, oh, branding is my website. Well, yeah, my website is great. However, anybody or a, a random person that doesn't know much about photography is going to probably think that it looks exactly the same as photographer B, right? Let's oh, be honest. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I think that my brand positioning comes like actually once they inquired. I am a person that is really attentive to my clients' needs and wants. I think okay. that I have developed a good sense of like understanding what people want and, you know, being present for them. So I think that's really when, when my brand brings a lot of value to people. So when I get an inquiry and they meet with me, many of the times they're like, oh my God, you you made us feel so comfortable. You asked questions that nobody else has asked. You actually gave us the time. A lot of photographers don't even, even want to jump on a call. So I really? think that's where, yes, which is weird. I, even when I hear that, I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that. I feel like everybody would like to, you know, get, you know, maybe a future client. Yeah, of course. Um, apparently it's not that no? way. <laughs> okay. So I think that's when um, my brand really becomes stronger in the eye of a future client. So I would assume then that most of your business you get from referrals? Well, that's interesting because I get a lot of business from like search engine optimization, okay. Google, you okay. know, Pinterest, obviously, but also a lot of, you know, word of mouth. 
Okay. So it's a combination. A combination. All right. Well, fair enough. I'm going to, while we're talking about this too, I want to go ahead and pull up your website, which for everybody watching, you can see on the screen, carolinagusik.com. And uh, I want to actually share your website here on the screen as well, Carolina. Love it. So that everybody can see what's going on here. But I have to at least ask you, because you have a a brand position statement there, front and center, above the fold, like we talk about a lot on the podcast, authentic, vibrant, romantic photography for couples madly in love. Um, I mean, this is something kind of what you were saying a second ago. It's it's a even a position statement that's relatively similar to to what I've heard from photographers in other markets. Um, I, I'm curious about this word authentic in particular. What what does that word mean to you? Because a lot of photographers use that word. I think it may mean different things to different people. I think for me, authentic is I want my couples to show up the way they are, right? I want okay. them to have a lot of fun. If yeah. they're going to tell me like, listen, we are party people and that's what we want to focus our wedding on. I don't want to come here and be like, oh, but we need to do a lot of portraits, right? I'm like, okay, okay we're going to do a lot of party photos, right? So that's what I want. That's what I feel by authentic, right? I feel also that they are uh, kind of like a, a special person for me. They're not just another number. I sure. only take about 20 weddings per year. So like wow. I can actually focus on my clients. I do a lot of hand-holding for yeah. them. Yeah. So uh, I want them to feel, you know, seen and appreciated. When so you that's for me, that's authentic. Okay. And, and you speak to that. You kind of back up that message right here, the statement. For anybody who's listening to the audio version of this, it says just a little bit further down the page at carolinaguzik.com, Carolina makes you feel comfortable so you can be yourself. That's the quote there. And it it seems, I mean, that's very consistent in our, what, five-minute conversation so far. You've been very, very consistent with that message. So I have a lot of respect for that. And um, for anybody who is listening to the audio version, we'll make sure to link to Carolina's website in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. You can also check out her Instagram for the photography side of things at Carolina Guzik as well. Also, we'll link to that in the show notes. Very quickly, brand position, let's talk about your podcast, The Tog Republic, mm-hmm. and I'm linking to this here on the, awesome. the uh, screen, thetogrepublic.com, and let's jump over to that website as well. And, and I'm just going to go ahead and shout this out, marketing podcasts and education for photographers. So it seems like the focus here specifically is marketing? Correct. Okay. I and- have... A little bit of an obsession with marketing, okay, the whole okay. concept of marketing. I went to school for mass communication and advertising, so I wanted something that was like very straightforward, no fluff, marketing tips that people yep. can use and implement, right? Kind of like the blueprint. Obviously, everybody's going to get different results, but I'm kind of like giving people a step-by-steps on how to do something to implement in their business. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we've got it here. And, and by the way, to your point about being straightforward, I love how straightforward that position statement is. Marketing podcasts and education for photographers. So the focus there is marketing. And you know, I mean, these days, as as popular as podcasts are, and, and there are even a number of photography podcasts as well, you have to be specific, right? If if you want mm-hmm. to stand out a little bit. So I love the specificity of that. Uh, for everybody listening in, the togrepublic.com. You can even hear my recent conversation with Carolina there as well. Uh, also, the Tog Republic on Instagram. I put that up there on the screen for everybody watching live. All right. Well, let's keep going. I, I, by the way, I love, I love how to the point you are in answer to the questions. <laughs> so this is great. You're actually following the rapid fire question idea here. So let's great. keep going. Awesome. What would you say is the most important principle behind providing a customer, a great customer experience from your, from your experience as a photographer? Really listening. Okay. 
that's the, the shortest answer <laughs> that I can give you. That's great. No, no, that's really good. Okay, so when you say really listening, though, I, one of the things that I think about when I go to, and I've said this before in the podcast because it's it's just been so impactful to me. I go to a photography conference, for example, mm-hmm. and you start talking to another photographer, let's say WPPI you can immediately tell when that person is checked out, like their eyes glaze over mm-hmm. and the responses that they're giving are a bit robotic in nature. Is, is, when you talk about truly listening, are you talking about that? I mean, you're talking about avoiding yes. that kind of glazed over automatic pilot mode and actually engaging? Literally, like that, that's literally what I'm talking about, like okay. truly listening. And that could carry on for your clients, for the vendors that you work with. I feel sometimes as photographers, we... Um, working this like autopilot right yeah. and the end goal also was like how could i get more clients how could i make this about me i completely mm. remove all that is like how could i make this about my clients and this could be really really simple something as simple as this there are clients that don't like to talk on the phone right mm. mm-hmm. but then you could be like well it is my process that we get on the phone uh. well you're not listening to your client if they're telling you just send me a text message i understand obviously there is limits and there is boundaries sure. right sure. but could be something as little as that. Or it could be something that your client really tells you, like, listen, I do not want to do a first look. Now, I myself, I, Carolina Gusick, like, I am 100% pro first looks, right? So, like, I would explain to them, I'd be like, listen, I'm going to give you five bullet points on why I think <laughs> this is going to be really great for your for yeah. your wedding based on what you have told me, right? You have mm-hmm. told me that you want to feel calm and collective, that you don't mm-hmm. want to be rushed. Let me give you the five bullet, you know, executive points here. And then you make an educated decision. Once I present my points, I back off and I let them, you know, choose what they want. I'm not pushing anymore. I'm listening to what they're giving me. Okay. So I think this is, for me, has been kind of like my biggest asset, if I could say Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Really listening to, you know, both my vendors, my clients, and actually what's happening in the world for like do marketing also. Fair enough. Uh, You talked about limits. Let's let's kind of transition, use that as a segue Mm -hmm. to my next question time limits. We have limited amounts of time. Mm-hmm. And I, I can very much see you as somebody who's got a really strong work ethic and you're all in and you're working your butt off. But at the end of the day, we all have limits, right? How Correct. do you create some of those boundaries for yourself so you don't get totally burnt out in the process of running a business? Oh, that's a good question. Again, uh, I think this comes with time. It's obviously not a perfect process, mm. but I do like I am, even though like I'm a creative person, my brain is extremely like like compartmentalize, right? And I like kind of like steps and things to follow. So for my personal, you know, my personal life, uh, my personal being, my my mental health, uh, when I am not working, I don't even look at my phone. Like literally, I will leave my home, my phone at home. Oh, it, like what is about that experience? It feels <laughs> so good to do. Even if I just like run to the store or go outside to my car and I don't actually have my phone on me, there's there's such relief to that. It's It's such a it, nice thing to do. It is really horrible because I love my phone and I love yeah. how, you know, how you can connect with anybody mm-hmm. thanks to your phone, mm-hmm. right? However, I also feel like I'm a slave of my phone. So, I mean, maybe that's not the right word, but like, I'm like, like I owe something to my phone, right? Sure, like if sure. I get a bit immediately, I have to check what's going on. So right. one of the, the things that I actually, I don't have notifications on my phone, not for social media and not for anything. Like I have no notification on my phone. The second thing that I don't have is I don't have my email on my phone. Oh, wow. So that has helped me a lot because I only check my emails in the, like in the morning yeah. and then I check my emails before I log off. Okay. So everybody gets, you know, a response within yeah. kind of 24 hours, oh, but sure. I am not like constantly checking my email, right? 
And once again, if I am out and about with family or friends, I don't have my phone on me. Like I would either leave it on the car or leave it at home. I love that. There you go. And if I'm on a photo shoot, I have my phone. Because sometimes sometimes I feel like for security, for safety, whatever, I need to have my phone on me. My phone is always like on airplane mode. Okay. Like I don't get anybody. Like I will tell my husband like, hey, I'm here at this location. Everything is fine. Then I kind of like put it on airplane mode. So like I don't get that distraction of like maybe somebody's calling me or even the phone actually ringing in the middle of a photo shoot and getting you like outside of what you're supposed to be thinking. Yeah. Do you ever get that sense of FOMO? Like you're like you're going to miss out if if you don't have that notification turned on or you don't respond right yeah. away? <laughs> no, no, not really. No, okay. I have worked really hard to to don't try to like get into that. It's not easy, hmm. but uh, I I get so much joy for being present that actually sometimes the phone is like oh, I don't like you phone kind of a thing. Oh, I totally I get tell you. you. A couple of years ago, maybe two, three years ago, my, my phone broke, whatever. I went to Apple store and they're like, well, it's going to take like two weeks to, to get your new phone. The best two weeks of my life. <laughs> it was amazing. It was really bad for driving because I do get lost going to this corner, you know, of my house. So okay. like not having a GPS was like a pain, you know, in the butt. But other than that, it was fantastic. It was just so good. Oh, oh, that's such a good reminder for all of us. And, and um, I, you know, even just down to turning notifications off, I, I don't, it's funny, like you talk about email, I, I leave, not only do I not have email notifications turned on, but I don't normally check email until the afternoons, uh, kind of standard protocol for me, two o'clock or so. I think, well, if, certainly with as large a team as we now have, the last thing that I want to do is to get into this kind of instant messaging mm. via email approach that a lot of people take to communication. It, it eats in too much to our ability to be able to, take, like you said earlier, focus on the moment, whether it's our personal life or our professional life, it distracts from it. And and I think that's the case just in general with notifications as well. I love the idea of me being the, actually being the boss and deciding when I go to that email mm. or when I go to the social media notification. And I don't mean being the boss of anybody else. It's just simply being like, I get to make a choice for myself, how I spend my time, when I spend my time. Somebody else doesn't get to decide that just because they sent me an email or a DM or anything of the sort. And I have to be, I guess, a little bit selfish in that way, or I'm going to totally burn out within a week. It doesn't, it's not going to take long because there's too much going on. It, it, it is. It's like, I feel like, again, technology is a fantastic thing. I love yeah. it. Don't oh, get yeah. me wrong. I grew Absolutely. up in the 80s and 90s. So not having like an actual me phone too. with you at all times. <laughs> uh, so I, I do love it. But I also feel like we have become, the phone has become the main priority, right? And mm-hmm. you get, not only, not only for the person that holds the phone, but let's say a text message, right? You send a text message, immediately you want to reply right away. You don't even sure. know what's happening on the other end. The other person could be super busy. You get annoyed because they don't reply right away. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's work on that. Like, mm-hmm. you, as you said, you don't owe an answer right away to anybody. And, and we should also don't expect that right away. So I think it, it's, it's been a good exercise to just like, Leave the phone at home. When it comes to time management, delegation plays a massive role as a business owner, whether mm. it's something as small as you know, email management, delegating that or editing or album design or accounting or whatever it might be. Have you experimented at all with this in your business? Uh, we, we actually talk about this in our little uh, episode. Uh, I am really bad at this. I'm really bad at delegating. Mm. Uh, obviously, I delegate like things that I know for sure I can do, like my accounting, right? Like that's something I need an expert to take care of this. Sure. I feel like as my business has grown, I do need a little bit of help. However, I haven't actually gone out <laughs> and get it. So that's something that I need to work on. Um, 
is but it a control thing like some... or like what's the because I, I know a lot of photographers feel very similarly I think it's a little bit of control thing I think it's also a little bit of like I haven't really made the effort to go and look for somebody okay. you know it's something that oh right now I can I can't do with this I can't do with that but I know there's going to be a point when it's just like well I can't do and now I'm in this pickle because I don't have the time but I have to find somebody so yeah well, I'm, I'm here for you, happen. Carolina, if you ever need anybody to outsource your editing to. <laughs> You're my first choice. I tell you this right now. Shout out to Photographer's Edit, who happens to produce this podcast as well. Um, but let me keep going. Okay, so talk to me about a favorite business book, maybe a self-help book, something that's made a big impact on your life in the last couple of years. Awesome. Before, before I give you an answer to this, I want to yeah. tell you what I do with my time management. I oh. do one technique that has worked really well for me please tell like me yeah. i give themes to my days okay right okay so again we run many hats we have to do marketing we yes. have to be writers we have to do you know meetups and all of that yep. so for example i know that on tuesdays it is my day for blogging okay so on tuesdays whether i like it or not i know that i have to put four hours aside to either research keywords that i need to look look at what other people are doing and think of great ideas that are mm -hmm. going to help me you know market my business mm -hmm. and each day has a different theme okay. once i get off with that task then i can move on with other things in business i think that that has helped me be organized Again, is there that sense of, do you ever get that sense of FOMO? Like if you put so much focus and time into this one area of your business that the other things are going to kind of lose or miss out in any way? No. Okay. No. <laughs> I don't, I don't, <laughs> okay, I don't suffer enough. so much from, from FOMO, but I also know that, that, that you have to trust the process. So like the first, you know, the first time that I heard this concept of like yeah. having themes, I was like, oh, how is this going to work out? But as soon as I implemented it, I'm like, oh, it makes sense. Okay. Because now instead of like thinking about blogging five days of the week and yeah. doing just a little bit every single day, taking a lot of time and energy, then I know that one day, you know, each day it has a task that I need to focus on to advance my business. It's good. So that has worked. Yeah. That's good. Talk to me about a favorite book. Anything come to mind? Favorite book. Uh, everybody, you know, like the Bible, Story Brand, everybody has read, you know, read that book. So that mm -hmm. that's a really, really good book that has helped me. Um, I don't focus much on business books. Okay. I mean, obviously, I've read all the, you know, the major ones, right? Like how to gain friends and influence people. Or sure. I, I don't even know the title, but, you know, you know that's what pretty I'm much going it. with. Yeah. So that's a good one. Another one that I think that is really good that I think that everybody should read is How to Sell Like an Artist. It will give you a good perspective in, okay. in, in, in how to being an actual artist and understand that pretty much we're reinventing the wheel we're not making something completely brand new out of thin air yeah. so i think that sometimes as photographers we either struggle with that concept mm. or we think that we're just like paving the way when in reality <laughs> not so I much mean, it's been done before <laughs> <laughs> but you said it's how to sell like an artist how to steal like an artist still what um spell steal. that oh, oh, steal, like, oh like steal like steal like s-t-e-a yeah. oh, okay okay yes. wow who's this by um, I'm really bad with authors. I don't know, but I'll tell you right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually doing the same thing. We'll see who, who gets to it first. Amazon, how to steal like an artist. Intr okay, okay. Now, so I better understand what you were saying. That totally, wow. How to steal like an artist. Okay. Let's, let's see. Let's see who's the author. Let's see. Austin Cleon? Yes. Okay. A-U-S-T-I-N-K-L-E-O-N. Austin Cleon, how to steal like an artist. And wow. for people that don't like to read, he has a 10-minute TED Talk that really covers the whole book. 
Really? Okay. Yes, it's fascinating. It's, it's re- I mean, it's really interesting and gives you a lot of perspective of like, calm down. It's been done before. Just, you know, I, I mean, embrace that, it. <laughs> yes. No, I totally love that though, because it, it's funny. We all, and I'm, I know I've been guilty of it too. Like we all find some kind of significance in what it is mm. that we're doing or some idea that we had at the end of the day. You're right. There's really not a whole lot new under the sun. And, and even if you think that you're doing it for the first time, let's see in the photography world. Sure. It's been done before in like other type of marketing, other industry has mm-hmm. done it before. You sure. now you just like learn, which is fine, you know, yeah. go take what's working in another industry and I'll make it work in your industry. But I think, and I, I'm so glad you bring this up actually, because I think what happens is we give an idea so much significance and so much importance that we then are, we would become inflexible, right? Our ego is mm. attached to it. We're like, oh, this is such a great idea that I came up with. And then our ego gets attached and then we don't flex and flow and adjust as needed and that can ultimately be a detriment. It can hurt us. Correct. Wow. Okay. This is good. I, I'm going to have to look up that <laughs> TED Talk too. And we'll make sure to awesome. link to all of this in the show notes at bocapodcast.com for those of you who are listening in. Let's actually jump to this conversation about Pinterest. And again, this all is right, great because we haven't really <laughs> talked about Pinterest a whole lot here on the show. There have been two or three pretty significant episodes, but almost 500 episodes. We, we need to talk a lot more about all it. All right. Let's do this. <laughs> so, so Pinterest, what... First of all, I mean, it, because as I mentioned earlier, it doesn't carry the popularity. I know it's talked about, but mm-hmm. not to the extent that Instagram or Facebook is as a marketing platform. Before I, well, actually, before I even ask you the significance of, of the platform for you specifically, why do you think it's not as popular as Instagram or Facebook? I think it's a misconception. I think okay. that people think that Pinterest is another social media platform. And they're like, well, I already have like the two big ones. Do I really need another one? So I think that's the first misconception. The second misconception, I think, is like a lot of photographers think that it's just for women, for moms. Oh, Uh, only moms use that platform. Why why do I need to be there? And I see both female and male photographers making that assumption, right? They're like, just moms are there looking for recipes, which in reality (laughs) is is not true. (laughs) Okay. All right. That's a little bit like I myself, I use Pinterest for like recipes all the time. Well, okay. So then to that extent, what, uh, or to that end, what was the motivation for you, you beginning to use Pinterest as a means of marketing your business? Like what was the motivation? Well, uh, as I mentioned before, like I, I like to look at what other people are doing in other industries and yeah. see how it can apply for my business. So yeah. Pinterest was really, really big in the world of blogging, you know, like maybe five, six years ago. Okay. So I was following a lot of bloggers because I like their content, whatever the case was. And I was like, well, they're, they're really pushing this Pinterest thing. And even though I used it because I was using it to find, quote unquote, inspiration for my own, you know, photography. Sure. I was like, I, I, I don't see what they're talking about because they were talking about like, oh, this is really going to help, you know, get traffic to your business. And I'm like, I'm looking at the analytics and I see no traffic. So <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. And then it was just like, I'm going to flip what they're teaching me because that's another thing that I have. Like I have this, um, I like my, my mind is always challenging. You know, like if you tell me something, I'm going to most of the time it's going to challenge that. Oh, do it. I hope you do push back. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) So I was like, uh, I don't, what they're telling me is working for them. It's not working for me. I'm going to flip this and I have really nothing to lose because if what I think is going to work out, doesn't work out. Hmm. Currently I have zero efforts put on Pinterest. Okay. So, so we'll see. So it was like an experiment and thankfully it did work out. <laughs> so that, uh, well, and like, how well did it work out? I guess like what percentage of your clients would you say you booked through Pinterest? Okay. So 
we're going to have to like amplify kind of like this question, right? Because okay. I think this is one of the mistakes that people make. They're like, well, but do you get clients from Pinterest, okay. right? Okay. And we're going to say that the final question, the final answer is it's a maybe because it's not a straight answer because there is so many layers between when somebody sees you on Pinterest that when they contact you, that a lot of things could happen, right? Mm. So for me, the job, the task that my Pinterest account has is very clear. I want to move people off Pinterest into my website. If I get that, Pinterest has done the job for me. Okay. Then obviously there is so many things that would happen before they contact me, right? My website has to perform well for them to contact me. Then my kind of like my sales funnel has to be so good for them to become clients. So it's not like, oh, I saw your photo on Pinterest. Boom, client money contract sign. It's not like that. It's not that, it's not that straightforward, sure. I would say. But I, I guess so, if I mean, you talked about analytics earlier, if I look at my sales funnels for my companies and, uh, for example, of course, I can go into analytics and, and look at traffic from, mm-hmm. say, the podcast and and begin to analyze what percentage of my business is coming from the podcast. Or if I'm using if, if somebody's using a referral code from a conference that, that they mm-hmm. went to where that we were sponsoring um, or any number of potential avenues that somebody can come to me is that something that are you able to do that analytically through data to actually see at least get an idea that they're coming from pinterest to your website because so that is go ahead sorry. oh no please that is exactly what i track i okay. track how much traffic i get from to my website from pinterest and okay. where is this traffic locally coming from right so when i see that 50 percent of my traffic to my website today comes from pinterest I know that Pinterest is doing its job. And is that the That's numbers all, you're seeing? That Yes. I'm oh not lying goodness. to you. 50% of my traffic comes. I mean, I want to say 40 because it's, Google is a little bit higher. Like actual Google, it's a little bit higher. Okay. But it's really close from what Pinterest is coming. My so word. So that for me is doing its job. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All day. So... So that's it. Then I go and I take a look at my analytics and I take a look at location, right? Okay. Because if I see that 50%, well, let's call it 40% of my traffic sure. is coming from the UK, then I'm based in Miami. Am I going to book those clients? The answer is no, because even if I were to travel, that's not the people that I want to work with. Let's be honest. I don't even want to drive. So like, I'm not going to travel to the UK <laughs> to get clients, right? Okay, okay. So, but when I see the traffic and when I see the, the, the location base of people mm. that are visiting my site and they're all located in the South Florida region, a couple of people also coming from New York, which represents my clients. A lot of my clients come from New York to get married in Florida. Then I can make a correlation saying like, it is working out, right? Wow. Now, when you get an inquiry and if you ask on your, like I asked the question, how did you find me? But I don't give them like a list of places, right? I just, it's kind of like an open end question. Sure. The majority of my clients just say Google. Is uh, it really Google? Might not be really Google. Maybe they saw me on Pinterest and a couple of days later, they just type the easiest answer, which is Google, yeah. the internet. Where do you find me? In the internet. Okay, well. We're going to have to dive deeper later. But right now, I just want to get to like that sales consultation. Right. I'm not going to like, you know, like bother you about like, tell me exactly how you <laughs> find me. Right. I'm not going to go to that. Although I have to say, I'd be super curious too, like to, to dig into it a little bit. I mean, I, I for example, the podcast for us, when, when I started the podcast, it, it was only ever meant to be a soft sell for photographers edit. We've mm-hmm. spent, you know, four years now, five years now, almost 500 episodes and 
on a regular basis, there's a, there's, I won't give percentages away at the moment, but there's a certain amount, a certain percentage of new accounts created at Photographer's Edit that come from, that are at least noted as coming from the podcast. But what I also realize is the exact same thing that you're talking about, which is they may say that, for example, somebody else might put that it was a, a photographer referral, mm-hmm. but a photographer might have told them about the podcast. They went to the podcast first, heard about Photographer's Edit there, and then ended up coming to us from from that. Or maybe they saw an ad on Facebook about the podcast, and then they talked to a friend, and then maybe they listened to the podcast, and now they come to us, but they chose to put Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's, it's some, of the, some of the data can get a little bit skewed in the process. So I, I bet you're probably at least curious to ask those questions. Once they book me, because yeah. I feel like that's, you know... That, that's not an important question to like press on. But once they book me, sometimes I dive a little bit deeper, just like, hey, we're finalized with our booking. I'm so excited. I know you said that you, you know, that you find me, let's say on Google. Do you remember exactly how you got to me? And sometimes they're just like, listen, I don't remember. Some other times they're like, oh, I think that I saw you like on Pinterest. And then if I ask for like their mm. Pinterest boards, yep. so the majority of the times I see a lot of my images saved to their board. So I'm sure. like, I could assume that that's how they found me. But then again, it's not like a straightforward answer yeah. per se. Well, I, I mean, again, to your earlier point, I would be sold immediately. If I saw 40% of my traffic coming from Pinterest to my site, done, done deal. But that, yes. this is actually a great segue then to, we're going to talk about the, the mistakes that photographers mm-hmm. are making using Pinterest, or at least in their perspective about Pinterest. And you actually shared three with me before we got started. Can you share those with myself and, and our listeners one more time? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So once again, the first mistake is people thinking that one could be their audience is not at Pinterest. Well, actually, I'm going to give you four. Let's okay, say the please. first mistake is people thinking that Pinterest is a social media platform. Okay. Right? I'm, you know, I have Instagram. I have Facebook. I do not need another one. Mm. Mistake. It's not a, a social media platform. It's an actual search engine platform. So saying mm. no to Pinterest is like, mm, I don't want to be in Google kind of a thing. No, you do want to be there. <laughs> so that will be kind of like the first mistake. The first one. Okay. We'll come back. We'll come back to all these. For everybody listening and watching, we're going to come back and kind of break each of these down and what the solution is. But all right, second mistake. What's that? Second mistake will be thinking, my audience is not on Pinterest, right? Mm. As I mentioned before, people think like, it's just for moms. There is nobody there. Well, Pinterest actually releases data every single year. And they say that 40 million engaged couples plan their wedding on Pinterest. That's it. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Wow. Done. So okay. that will be. Uh, the third one would say that once again, we're going to go back to like the same concept of search engine optimization, right? If Pinterest is a search engine optimization, if you're not using the right keywords, if you're not using text of your images, then you're not going to be found. So mm. that will be the, te- the, you know, like the third mistake. People just putting an image on Pinterest and hoping for the best. Well, there is a little bit of a structure just as you would do with your website, Right. So that will be the third mistake. Okay. And the fourth mistake will be, and this is where people, uh, other bloggers told me that my account was going to go so wrong and I'm so glad to prove them right. Okay. Uh, which is like pinning other people's content. Pinning other people's content. Okay. Okay. So for me, my Pinterest is an extension of my website. When Pinterest first was created, it was like a platform for you to actually pin other people's content, right? Mm. That was like the, the idea of it. Like, hey, you find something you like, you pin it. Fantastic. Well, if I go back to the core value of what my Pinterest account is, which is like driving traffic into my website, why am I going to pin, let's say, your wedding photos and send them to your website? That makes absolutely no sense, right? Right. 
So I'm just gonna pin my own images that lead to my own website. So when people actually see something they like, they land on my website. And that is like the end result of what a Pinterest kind of like a strategy is. You need okay. to be very clear about this. For me, Carolina Gusick, my strategy, the strategy that I teach to my students is like Pinterest is a tool to get people off Pinterest into your website. And and Cheryl just commented, she said, I haven't even thought about using Pinterest for promoting my photos. And, and Cheryl, you're in the right place right now because you're going to kind of learn some of the strategy here in just a, just a minute. Actually, we're going to get back to each of these four mistakes. But before I, I do, Carolina, before we break each of those down in detail, in order to avoid pinning other people's work, are you going out and setting up shoots specifically to make sure that you have the content necessary to share on Pinterest? I mean, do you ever feel like you're missing content to share? Or do you, you always have access to a full library? No, from your really. I, I mean, let's, let's, let's think about this. We shoot a wedding, right? Let's say that, that you just delivered 400 images, right? Yeah. In those 400 images, I would say that at least if you did your, God, your job correctly, at least you have 100 images that yeah. you can use to Pinterest, right? right? Yeah. Now, when we take a look at these weddings and we think about, let's say, Instagram, we are only going to use maybe two or three images out of these 400 for Instagram. So the kind of like the content that we already have yeah. is so big that we can use on Pinterest. You're right. Okay. So Point taken. So let, let's go back <laughs> then. The first thing, first mistake you said photographers are making is that they're treating Pinterest like a social media platform. So the natural question here, and you alluded to this earlier, but the natural question here is if it's not a social media platform, how do you categorize it? It is a search engine platform. Okay. So that leads, uh, leads, uh, leads with images instead of text per se. Right. You go to Google, you type, let's say, Miami wedding photographer It's going to give you a bunch of links. Yeah. You go to Pinterest, you type Miami wedding photographer It's going to give you a bunch of beautiful images, all kinds of photographers, all kinds of styles. They're all right there just for you to make a decision based on like what you like aesthetically. OK. Well, let's come back because we're going to talk about strategy as it relates to treating it like a search engine mm -hmm. platform. But we have a different perspective now. It's a search engine platform. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good. That's a massive shift. The next thing that you said is that photographers assume that their audience isn't on. And I, again, I know you already you said, what did you say, 40 million couples? 40 million engaged couples. Every year. Is that US specific or is that That is globally, well? okay. but let's pretend that we're just talking about the US. That has to be the, the North, North America kind of like market. It's taking much of that kind of like amount of, you know, people. Well, Even, yeah. let's, say, let's minimize it. Let's say in your city. Let's say there is just 6,000 couples using Pinterest in your city to, to plan your wedding. You only need 20 to 30 couples a year. That's, so it's still yeah, not even, wow. not even. I mean, I'm really bad with numbers, but I think that's not even like 1%. Right? Oh, I yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. So again, point taken. Now let's get back to this idea of, of Pinterest being a, 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 a SEO platform, right? Mm -hmm. What is it that we are, and really ultimately a, a search platform, search engine, and we need mm -hmm. to treat it. The, I guess similar to the way that we do Google and that we need to actually focus on SEO for the sake of Pinterest. Correct. Can you, do you have one or two, maybe three next actions for our listeners sure. to, to do just that? So let's say that you have, and this is what happens with the majority of my students. Let's say that you, Nathan, you have your Pinterest account just for the sake of it. Then I go and I take a look at it. Nowhere in your account says that you are a photographer or where your location is. So mm. let's go to the bio, right on the bio, instead of telling, let, let's say for me, instead of saying Carolina Gustic photography, that really maybe my mom is searching for that, but nobody else, right? I need to put Miami wedding photographer. Okay. Right on the bio. 
That's yeah. my bio right there. And then obviously I put my name. There is a description that you can add to your bio on Pinterest, just like you do it on, you know, on Instagram, something like that. Sure. The majority of photographers are leaving that bio empty. Well, put what you do, you know, right there. It says, you know, authentic, vibrant, and romantic Miami wedding photography for couples madly in love. I also photograph the coolest family in South Florida. So here I'm talking, once again, I'm saying Miami wedding photographer, and I'm also talking about South Florida. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is, and by the way, for everybody listening to the audio version, I actually have Carolina's Pinterest pulled up right now. And I, by the way, this is interesting you bring this up because one of the things that I've seen even on Instagram is that photographers don't put their names in the profile. Mm-hmm. You have to literally go searching for who this person is that just DM'd you or that, you know, maybe you landed on their account because you did a search. They don't have their name there. You've got Miami wedding photographer. So it categorizes what it is that you do. But then Carolina Guzik and Correct. your, of course, your website and then the position statement. And, uh, and then, of course, you can scroll and, and look through these these uh, I mean, variety of beautiful images that you have here. OK, so to that end, then. So they're going to start, first of all, just by putting that basic information there mm-hmm. in the profile, what next? Is, is there something else? I mean, again, I'm thinking about SEO. I'm thinking about, I mean, you talked about earlier about keywords, right? Talk to us Correct. a little bit about that as it relates to Pinterest. So the way that Pinterest works is you have boards, right? And you can create all different boards. Another mistake that I see is a photographer has a board that says weddings. That tells me absolutely nothing about what you do. Okay. What okay. do your weddings? What is your city? What kind of weddings do you do? So when we create keywords, we have to kind of like niche down to all these specifics, right? Especially if we, if we want people within our area that will find us, right? Once again, if I put beautiful weddings, well, people in Australia could be looking at my boards all day long. Makes no difference in my business, right? <laughs> I mean, am I going to get a huge amount of traffic to my website? Maybe. Is that traffic going to turn into clients? No. So I'd rather have 10 people in my city actually interested in what I do than 100 people globally, right? So once again, niche down, Miami wedding photographer. Another thing that I do is like I split my boards really niche down. I have one board for every single venue that I have worked at, right? We need to go back and kind of like break down the process of how somebody might find you, right? Let's say somebody gets engaged today. They're super excited, amazing. The first thing they're going to look at is ideas for their wedding or maybe venues in their city, right? They don't know what their wedding is going to look like, but they're just going to go to like their city and say, you know, Miami wedding venues. And now they're going to get in Pinterest a bunch of pictures, all kinds of different venues. And aesthetically, they're going to be able to say like, I like this, I like Mm. that, oh, I don't like this. Right. So we need. So once you break down your boards into like a specific venues, let's say there is a venue that I love that is called the Ocean Reef Club. The Ocean Reef Club is actually on the keys. So like that, you know, particular board says like, you know, key, key Largo wedding venue, destination sure. wedding, you know, all these little things. Right. So when somebody's looking for, you know, a destination wedding in the keys and they see my venue, they might think, oh, I really like this venue. It looks really pretty. They click on that. So far, they haven't even thought about a photographer, right? They're just looking at a venue. They click on that image. They land on my website. They land on an article about that venue. So now I'm giving them information about that particular venue. Now I'm also obviously adding my images to that article. So now they're like, oh, I like the style of photography that this person has. I also need a photographer. So it's not like right on your face, like, hey, you need a wedding photographer. It's like I'm giving them value, kind of like going through like the back door of like how the mind will work. Well, I'm just, I'm, as you're talking, I've got your Pinterest account pulled up here and 
this is going to be a great segue to the to the last mistake that you mentioned photographers are making, which is not using their own work. You've got not only do you have so much work that you're sharing here, but truly it's beautiful. I mean, I've been in the industry for 20 years now. <laughs> I've seen you. a lot of work, but it's the fact that you have so much content here that is so consistently good. I, it's so compelling. I could easily spend a lot of time just looking through your Pinterest account. It's absolutely stunning. Thank really, you. really beautifully done. So as you can see, I mean, right now people are listening to the podcast, they can see, but you're scrolling, right? And you might see an image twice. And that is because I have pinned the image to two different boards. So okay. for example, I have a board for, let's say, Miami wedding, you know, portraits. Okay. So all the kind of like the, the, you know, style portraits go in there. But then they might also have like a beautiful, you know, like this one, like Frida Kahlo inspired wedding ideas. So that goes in the particular Frida Kahlo, you know, um, board. Okay. Now, I want to make sure that everybody that is listening to this understands that because Pinterest is a search engine platform, once they click on an image on Pinterest, that image needs to answer a question. Hmm. For example, let's back this up. Let's say somebody is looking for Frida Kahlo inspiration weddings, right? Okay. They're like, oh my God, I want, you know, it's in fashion and this is what I want to add to my wedding. And they start looking to this and they come across my images. They're all about Frida Kahlo. They're like, oh my God, I love this. I want to see more of this. I need more inspiration. Hmm. If they click on that photo and that photo, that URL takes them to my homepage, I'm going to lose that visitor. Because now what they are seeing, even though it's beautiful photos, is not related to a Frida Kahlo wedding. Okay. They're not going to spend time on my website trying to figure it out where this Frida Kahlo wedding is. Okay. So it is really important that the images that you add to Pinterest, every image must have a URL. That the URL leads the visitor to the mm. content that you are promoting. If you're promoting a beautiful beach wedding and I click yeah. on that and now it takes me to like your page about mountain weddings, you lost me because that's not what I want. Even though your images are beautiful, that's not what I want. And I think that's another big mistake that uh, photographers do. They okay, link so, to their homepage. Oh, interesting. Okay. So in this case, I mean, it says if you're the type of couple, and for everybody listening on audio, this is where you're missing out if you're not watching the live stream. We <laughs> do replay this. So you can go back to facebook.com slash book a podcast and see the replay. But I'm, I'm looking here at this particular image, Frida Kahlo, inspired wedding ideas. If you're the type of couple that wants to add color and style to your wedding, this, this Frida Kahlo inspired wedding is right for you. You've given a few hashtags. And then at this point, you said they would just click Let's on... Click, click, I think, ho, ho, go over the image. Okay. And click on it. It okay. says right now, it says carolinagusic.com. It doesn't say anything else. Right. But if you go there, it takes you to a blog post about Frida Kahlo inspired wedding ideas. Wow. Which again, I mean, seriously, Carolina, this is beautiful, beautiful stuff. <laughs> Thank you. It's really beautifully done. But you know, this what I want everybody listening in or watching to not mess. You've got to pay attention to what exactly Carolina is saying here, because frankly, I've learned this the hard way as well. Carolina not being intentional enough in my marketing efforts. And unfortunately, it doesn't even relate to Pinterest, just in on Facebook, for example, running an ad or, or otherwise not being intentional enough in what I am actually, or the, the funnel that I'm creating for that potential client that I'm actually leading and guiding them to a very specific uh, location or in a very specific direction, that's super important because we miss out on the opportunity to, I guess, further con either convey the message or to reiterate or back up the message that's being uh, communicated. Is that right? Correct. I feel, and um, this might ruffle some feathers, but okay, I feel go for it. like as photographers, sometimes we're very, very ego driven, right? 
and we're like, if they want me, they're gonna find me. If they, you know, let's let's go back to this Frida Kahlo thing, right? They yeah. see it on Pinterest, yeah. they love it. They're like, oh my god, this is exactly what I was looking for. Let's say that I just link them to my homepage. They land on my homepage. There mm. is no Frida Kahlo anywhere on my homepage. Yeah. If I were ego driven, I would say, well. They're going to look to galleries. They're going to go to the blog. They will find it if they want it. Do they use Nobody's that tone of voice that. too? Yeah, that voice. That's, <laughs> that's what it sounds like. <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's my ego voice in my mind. Okay. When I, so nobody really is going to do that. And mm. I think that's when we, as you said, we need to like back it up a little bit, right? The same, as you said, the same thing when we run an ad on, on Facebook or even when we are talking with clients and they're like, listen, I really, you know, I, my wedding is going to be on the beach and it's going to be beautiful. And then you show them like, well, I photograph really beautiful ballroom weddings. Yes, you could photograph beautiful ballroom weddings, but that's not what they're there for. Right. That's, so I yeah, that's that we super need to confusing. Listen. Yeah. Um, Andres actually says, can we change the URL after we've posted that URL or posted yes. the image with the URL? You can go and edit whatever you want. You can edit the URL. You can edit the title. That's another thing. People just don't add a title on, or, do, or they don't add a description. Mm. And once again, if we go back to the fact that this is a search engine platform, if there is actually no text, it is impossible for like so-called spiders of the web to find you, right? Because that's exactly what happens. Somebody goes right. and types on the search engine, let's say Miami Wedding Photographer. If none of my images have that kind of like keyword to them they're just like beautiful lovely images the spiders are never going to find them okay good to know and by the way for everybody who's listening in or watching live more specifically those of you who've already commented thanks for engaging and and for those of you who are watching please continue we're going to be here for a couple more minutes ask questions make comments don't hesitate to engage. The last mistake that you, that you mentioned photographers are making is that they're not using their own work. And, and mm -hmm. as for everybody who's been watching live has seen, I mean, you, you do just a beautiful job of sharing your gorgeous work. How much time would you say that you allocate to Pinterest each week for these marketing purposes? Okay, I'm going to be 100% honest. Because of the pandemic, I haven't worked that much. So let's say, let's, let's count 2020 out of the equation, sure. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prior to 2020, when I had, you know, all these weddings, I was only doing about two hours per three months. So in two hours a day, I would plan enough content for three months. And that's it. I forget about it. I don't have to go and check on comments or likes or wow. nothing like that because those really don't happen on Pinterest. Okay. Obviously, because I am obsessed with my account, I constantly check the analytics, but a normal person don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is this is such an encouragement, and honestly, I, I want to go sit and have a conversation uh, with with Jill, who heads up our <laughs> digital marketing for well, all the different brands that that we run, and start thinking a little bit more intentionally about Pinterest. Uh, you know, this is something again; it's not been discussed a whole lot here on the podcast, but I, maybe I'm just not in the right circles. I've just not heard it talked about a lot within the photography industry. Because I know it's people ignore it. Okay. Fair enough. But I, I, I could guarantee you because every single person that I that comes across, you know, I I, I feel like I'm like in this uh, mission to get Pinterest like on the map, right? Sure. Uh, every single kind of like person in the industry that I talk about Pinterest, all of them have the same reaction that you have. They're mm. like, mm, I don't know. I never heard about this. Now, I want you to go into your Instagram stories if you are a wedding photographer and ask your audience, do mm. you use Pinterest? Put a poll. Yes, no you're probably going to be surprised that the majority okay. of people say yes. Go to your former clients and be like, hey, by any chance did you use Pinterest for your wedding? Mm. And I can guarantee you that the answers are going to really surprise you because the majority of couples do use Pinterest. 
Just because they didn't show you a board yeah. doesn't yeah. mean that they didn't use it for like their inspiration. Right. Uh, it, it, sometimes it just takes asking the question. We can't assume mm-hmm. or project onto other people. Uh, Andre says, thanks so much. Pinterest has been a mystery to me. And, and yeah, I mean, relatively similar here, Andres. I, <laughs> I, can, I, I feel this sentiment. But, you know, to that end, we, we've only kind of barely scratched the surface today, mm-hmm. Carolina. There's a lot more here to cover. And so I, I want to take this opportunity to recommend that our listeners follow, first of all, the Tog Republic, togrepublic.com. I posted it there on the screen for anybody watching live. And for those of you listening in, again, the Tog, T-O-G, republic.com. Make sure you go take a visit and begin to listen to Carolina's podcast. Are, are, do you offer additional classes around this topic as well? I have about five different podcast episodes about, you know, Pinterest for somebody okay. that just wants to find out if this is right for them. And I do have a class that is really affordable where I go all the way from like, hey, you don't have a Pinterest account, let's create, let's create one, all oh, the way to like, oh my God, how are we going to create uh, pins that stand out on the feed? So okay. like I cover every single aspect of Pinterest. Every single thing that I teach is organic. I don't teach any like, oh, you need to pay to, you know, to do anything like that. Everything is organic. Now, I do want to say that this is not a magic wand. Right. Mm. This is not like, oh, I'm going to post one image on Pinterest or 10 and voila, tomorrow, you know, my traffic is going to double. Right. It's not like that. It does take a little bit of time, just like SEO. Right. You don't write a blog post and the next day, you know, it's ranking on page one. It's exactly the same concept. I would say give Pinterest a good six months of consistent work before you start seeing good results. But it's also kind of like a snowball. Once you get the Mm -hmm. machine going. Mm It does, like for me, I haven't pinned, if I have pinned maybe 10 images all throughout 2020, maybe that's a lot of images. Again, because I haven't had that much content. So those are just pins that I'm just like recreating or something like that. Sure. And it's still, till today, Pinterest drives, as I said earlier, 40 45% of my overall traffic to my website. That's incredible. My word. Okay. Well, we're going to, we're going to link of course to your website in the show notes. For those of you who are watching, you can see this. If you go to the togrepublic.com and click on classes, you can learn more about this class that Carolina just mentioned. Of course, we'll link to that in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. But Carolina, this has been, this has been super good. I mean, honestly, my, my number one goal outside of just conversation and connection like this and sharing that, sharing the love, the kindness out there with, with the photography industry at large is to add practical value. And you've done that. I mean, you're such a great communicator and teacher. So straightforward. I love it. Uh, For all of our listeners, we just mentioned one more time, all the different kind of places that they can find you online. Uh, well, they can find me at thetalkrepublic.com or the yep. Talk Republic on, on Instagram. And if they just want to check out my photography, it's carolinagusic.com. Perfect. We've got that up there on the screen. Thank you, everybody, for joining us, for hanging out. Thank you. For those of you who are listening to the audio version, make sure you go back and check out the video version. You can follow along and uh, see a little bit more about what we were talking about. We'll put all the resources we discussed today in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Thank you, everybody. Have a lovely, lovely day. Bye-bye. <laughs>